The following is a darshan given by His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Maharaj on January 1985 at Marari Sabak Farm in Mulberry, Tennessee. The darshan was entitled, The Holy Name Doesn't Wait. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then kindly advise. Then kindly advise. One who is chanting. One who is chanting. The Hare Krishna mantra. The Hare Krishna mantra. It's understood to be a Vaishnava. It's understood to be a Vaishnava. Therefore, you should offer all respects to him. Therefore, you should offer all respects to him. In the Upadesha Amrita, Srila Rupa Goswami states, Trishneti Ashtigiritam Manasa Dhritigriyeta Diksha Stichit Advanced devotees should respect the person who has been initiated by a bona fide spiritual master who is situated on the transcendental platform. Chanting the holy name of the Lord with faith and obeisances and following the instructions. of the spiritual master. To the Bhakti Siddhanta Tagore comments that serving Vaishnavas is most important for, to householders. Whether a Vaishnava is properly initiated 
Whether a Vaishnava is properly initiated or not is not a subject for consideration. One may be initiated and yet be contaminated by Mayavana philosophy. But a person who chants the holy name of the Lord offenselessly will not be so contaminated. A properly initiated Vaishnava may be imperfect, but one who chants the holy name of the Lord offenselessly is all perfect. Although he may apparently be a neophyte, he still has to be connected with, uh, to such an intelligent person. One day the initiated yet contaminated by the Mayavada philosophy, but a person who chants the holy name of the Lord offensively will not be so contaminated. A properly initiated Vaishnava may be imperfect. But one who chants the holy name of the Lord offensively is all perfect. Although he may apparently be a neophyte, he is still has to be considered a pure unalloyed Vaishnava. It is the duty of the householder to offer respect to such an unalloyed Vaishnava. This is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instruction. Chanting of Hare Krishna is for everyone. Those who chant, even if not initiated, they are to be respected. Of course, someone who's chanting will want to be initiated. No reason not to want to be initiated. If one qualifies, chanting in other words. But this is important that we understand the glories of the holy name and the glories of those who chant the holy name. The holy name of Krishna is the controller of the opulence of liberation. Sometimes in India you find that there are people who are initiated by Vaishnavas, but they're either Mayavadis or they're Mayavadi Sahajyas. Although they chant and put on the profile, actually they're not real devotees of the Lord. That's why Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasya Thakur, when he wrote his poem, Gushtamon to the Tisha Vaishnava, Pratishta Tore, Pratishta Tore, Girdhana Ghare, Tua Tava Hori Nam, Kevola Koi Tava. But my dear mind, what kind of a devotee or Vaishnava are you? On the plea of uh, solitary chanting of a Hare Krishna, independent chanting of practicing of Hare Krishna chanting, you are actually looking after your own name, fame, sense gratification. So your chanting of Hare Krishna 
is simply cheating. So, Pakistan's Sardikaku never wanted that people should be alienated from the association of the other devotees. And Sri Prabhupada, he also, in many places, stated that the purpose of the Islam society is the association, and others should not leave. This uh, shelter of Islam, for any reason, Another thing is when we're preaching, we're to be compassionate, but we see everyone as a potential devotee. And those who chant, we see them as the neophyte devotees. That will be very auspicious for ourselves and for everyone else. program where we ask people to take out the chanting of Hare Krishna before we can see how important it is. And by chanting Hare Krishna, a person's mentality outlook actually becomes changed. What is the difference between Bhakti Yoga and Karma Yoga? Karma Yoga, a person is working for Krishna, giving the fruits of the labor or doing some service, but they're not very strict about following a lot of the devotional principles or chanting or other types of bhakti yoga meditation. They're only doing service. So as a result, although they're doing service, their mentality in devotional service does not change. Srila Prabhupada stressed that the whole purpose of Krishna consciousness is actually to undergo a change of heart. We should not want our consciousness to remain the same. It is the opposite of material life. In material life, everyone is protecting their mind. If you study the actions of the people, you generally see that they, through their conditioning, they assume a certain mentality, which is not absolute, which is not transcendental. And then, they defend that position in various ways, in their life, in their discussion. They don't want anyone to disrupt that specific mental situation. This is a very common uh, attitude. So when people for the first time they see devotees or they're exposed to Krishna scientific philosophy, it is not at all unusual to find strange reactions like fear, hate, anger, because all of a sudden their mentality which they've been so meticulously protecting, their enjoying attitude has been directly challenged. And either they have to, so they have to defend against that, they think. So they become angry or disturbed in some way or another. Actually, 
the Bhagavatam has been described in Chandra that it's a revolution in the sinful lives of the people in general. Because people in general are habituated to so many sinful activities, they're habituated to so many uh, materialistic attitudes and outlooks, and actually Krishna consciousness creates a revolutionary change because it brings one to focus with higher realities which are more pertinent than this temporary flickering material uh, phenomenal world that we can see. We think that this is the real world, this is what counts in material consciousness. The cars, the buildings, the civilization, the family, these things seem to us in material consciousness very real. But actually, from the transcendental vision, they're actually very temporary. Just like a man dreaming, he may think that his, his situation in the dream is very real. He may not even want to wake up if he's enjoying his dream. But then when he does wake up, he sees that the dream is gone. He may have been a king, for instance, and then what? he enjoys that. He doesn't want to wake up. In fact, he wakes up, he might like to go back to sleep and become a king again. Rather, he looks around and where am I? I was much better just five minutes ago. But, oh, but if he's being eaten by a tiger in his dream, save me, save me, and he wakes up. So this is the situation. The people think that they're enjoying, and you present to them that, no, actually, you're sleeping. There's a real eternal existence. This existence is temporary. It appears real, but the reality is relative. And you are actually of the eternal situation, therefore now you should come out for your real life. If they think they're enjoying, then they may be very fearful of change due to attachment. If you happen to get someone who's actually frustrated, who's actually thinking how to get out of this terrible situation, just like a man dreaming that he's being eaten by a tiger. Well then, he may be right to just fully accept Krishna consciousness. This is described as someone who is in a directly bhav, one who is already in a type of renounced or detached uh, attitude. But that is very rare. One out of a thousand has that kind of attitude. So, but, our purpose is to change the consciousness. So, initiation means that brings us closer to the spiritual master. It means we are to follow the instructions of the spiritual master. It's not simply the formality of the ceremony. But after initiation, one should take up the, the uh, order of the spiritual master as one's life and soul very seriously be always active in trying to implement that. And sometimes someone may be initiated formally, but they may have stopped trying to carry out the order of their spiritual master. Therefore, actually they can create rather a disturbance to the advancement of pure devotional service. The more that they try to artificially establish their position as being authoritative or correct while they're neglecting the order of the spiritual master, that creates 
an artificial situation which can either be very disturbing or may mislead innocent people. Therefore, it is better, as Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, that it's better to be a sincere sweeper in the street than to be a charlatan meditator. Because even if you're a sincere materialist who's humbly thinking that, well, someday I may try to do my work, even try to reach Krishna, at least you're not committing any Vaishnava or any Guru or Krishna or Seva offenses or apparatus. But if somebody is falsely maintaining his position in terms of a, uh, a preacher, but not following the instructions of the spiritual master, say he's preaching Mayavadi or Sajya, then of course that's, that's, he's not only doing violence himself, but he's misleading so many others. So, of course, in our international society of the Christian Council, those who are uh, following the instructions of Srila Prabhupada and helping the Krishna conscious movement, they're of course sincere souls. Uh, this is specifically for those people who take initiation and then they leave the instruction of their spiritual master. And then sometimes you meet such people and they'll say, oh, I'm very happy, I'm very correct, I know I'm doing this, this is the thing. And they create a whole philosophy about trying to justify, they're not actually strictly just following the instructions of their spiritual master. This is not something new. This is something which has always been there. Just like the six sons of Advaita Goswami, three of them followed him and three of them deviated. They created their own concocted uh, process which was more that live comfortably, do your devotional service, but don't uh, surrender uh, too much, try to get some facility, it's called karma panda. I think some of you might have heard this somewhere, even in the 20th century. So this is not a new thing. But the taking up the order of the spiritual master, even if one is fallen or weak spiritually, but if he has the proper attitude and is humble and trying to come up to the standard, he is far more advanced than someone who is uh, so-called uh, in a, an elevated state, but who is actually uh, rigid, uh, the, uh, not surrendering to the instructions of the spiritual master. So therefore, we should always be open to receive the holy name and constantly chant the holy name. We should be very uh, moldable in the hands of our spiritual master so that we can be uh, trained to be Krishna conscious. And we should avoid, of course, listening to the uh, words of those persons who are inimical to devotional principles or mayavadis or sohajyas or those who are uh, blasphemous against the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord. All these things can distract our mind. So say if someone is chanting, they may not yet be initiated, but even then this confirms that Lord Chaitanya recognizes such a person that he, that person is sincerely trying to advance his spiritual life and chanting Hare Krishna, that that person should also be given due respect as a devotee, even though that person may not yet have received the formal initiation. So, these things are very hard 
to understand because it's very easy for us to understand the ceremonial, superficial situations. And then there's always these phrases in devotional service and Bhakti Yoga, which makes it a little different from other. That you have the ceremonial, superficial situation, and then you have the spiritual purpose, objective, and direction behind. And if the two are in line, all right. But if there's any kind of disharmony, then the higher spiritual purpose takes precedence in the external uh, ceremonial thing is in a subordinate position. And that requires a very astute uh, analysis of the situation to be able to distinguish that type of uh, situation. So, Chaitanya Charitamrita is especially the post-postgraduate post study of devotional service. First we study the Bhagavad Gita, know what is matter, what is spirit, what is our basic relationship with the material world, with Krishna, and that ultimately brings us up to the point of surrendering to Krishna. The Srimad Bhagavatam takes us from that point of surrender, firmly uh, trains us in the devotional service. The Lord shows us how the Lord is in a completely transcendental position, what are his relationships with his devotees, how the devotees in different ways surrender and serve unto the Lord. Finally, when we come up to the Chaitanya Charitamrita, then we come into very, um, very hair-splitting understanding of devotional service and the very fine lines which distinguish pure devotional service from mixed devotional service or from Mayavad or from Sahajya and uh, also how to practice devotional service in a very uh, systematic way as taught by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All these things are discussed in Chaitanya Charanamita plus the transcendental personality of Lord Chaitanya which is of course the most uh, mysterious because the Lord has come as his own devotee and he is showing himself how to worship Krishna in the highest level of your devotion. So that's a very uh, transcendental uh, platform which uh, makes this uh, Chaitanya Charita unique. So, it's also an advice that say someone says, well, let me first, well, sometimes in India you find people say, well, give me initiation of dark chanting. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Well, here it says, no, you can, this is a quote of someone who maybe, no, you can chant even without uh, depending on initiation, highest activities, boost charity, regular principles. Holy name doesn't wait. You should immediately start chanting, and uh, all these other things, uh, they will come and do course. The, the chanting won't wait. You can immediately start to make advancement. Of course, in the previous verses, Prabhupada did quote many, many places where he said that unless one does chant and be initiated from a spiritual master, that then one cannot go back to God. And there's about 12 or 15 Sanskrit quotes. One cannot do a free devotional service. So then Prabhupada explained that this is because practically all of the Haradari Nas can be chanted by anyone. Anyone who does chant offenselessly is a, should be respected as a pure Vaishnava, that it's very difficult practically impossible to chant without offense unless one is initiated and is chanting in the mood of serving a devotee of the Lord that is a very difficult uh, proposition therefore such people they don't 
get pure devotional service very easily. So therefore, it's initiation. Although the holy name doesn't uh, require it, if one chants offenselessly, technically one can achieve all perfection because Krishna is powerful, he can deliver one directly. But due to our inability or possibility of making mistakes and directly dealing with Krishna, we know that to directly approach Krishna is very, very difficult, but to approach him through his devotee is very safe because the devotee is very easy to please and thereby Krishna is pleased, but directly chanting or serving Krishna even in the form of his holy name, if we make a little mistake, then uh, how do we correct that? Or if we are, I know that, uh, for instance, one time a devotee was uh, held behind in his grounds and he went to Srila Prabhupada and asked, what should I do? I followed behind so many rounds. And Prabhupada chastised him a little bit and uh, came over his schedule and I said, all right, so from now on you have a clean slate. Now, whatever is there, and I'm personally taking the responsibility for giving you, now from this time on, you start over. So directly say you're chanting and then uh, with Krishna, how do you how do you get that type of uh, <coughs> forgiveness or shelter or something like that? Because there may be many mistakes where a spiritual master can forgive one and Krishna would accept that or a spirit, but that's also a responsibility for the spiritual master. One shouldn't take that type of forgiveness for granted. Uh, Krishna would also not appreciate that. It's like these Christians who say, well, Jesus has died for our sins, so bathed in the blood of Jesus, and then we're so fallen we can't do anything to purify ourselves, so now we just have to go out and commit sin and feel bad about it and know that anyway Jesus died for our sins, so it's all right. We do it, so we can't help it to lie to their principles and religion activities. But because anybody who died for us comes on every day from the blood. That type of progress that is very violent to think that, all right, so I'm committing a sinful activity and well, Jesus will suffer for me. So it's all right. So we don't want to have that kind of mentality. So, I can prepare the day, Prankarat Dharadipadipadiji says that today in his calendar is the final day, the day when Prankarat had included the chief in the Chandra. But, I have no doubt. Because here it says that it was concluded on the 11th day of the dark fortnight, Rama Kanati. I think today is the Kanati. But it says of the month of Kartik, which is the word in Kartik. But anyway, so since I'm here, and since whether right or wrong, we might as well, since you've said it, <laughs> Mahamaya, Yoga Maya, whatever. So we might as well read to the Prabhupada's concluding words. And get any light. Spiritual chance of life there. Concluding hmm. words. Today, uh, Maharaj, would you like to read the concluding words? 
just go with them and go with all this. You want to sit? You mean, is this having also been here? No. Not really. Concluding words. Today, Sunday, November the 10th, 1974, corresponding to the 10th of Kartik, Chaitanya era 488, the 11th day of the dark fortnight, the Ram Ekadashi. We are now finishing the English translation of Sri Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami's Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. <laughs> In accordance with the authorized order of His Divine Grace, Dr. Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Goswami Maharaj, my beloved eternal spiritual master, guide and friend. Although according to material vision, His Divine Grace, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada, passed away from the Vani continues to exist eternally. Therefore, we must take advantage of the Vani, not the physical presence. Bhagavad Gita, for example, is the Vani of Lord Krishna. Although Krishna was personally present 5,000 years ago and is no longer physically present from the materialistic point of view, the Bhagavad Gita continues. In this connection, we may call to memory the time when I was fortunate enough to meet, to meet His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada, sometime in the year 1922. Srila Prabhupada had come to Calcutta from Sridhar Mayapur to start the missionary activities of the Gaudiya Mahat. He was sitting in the house at Utadanga when through the inducement of an intimate friend, the late Sriman Narendranath Mulik, I had the opportunity to meet His Divine Grace for the first time. I do not remember the actual date of the meeting, but at that time I was one of the managers of Dr. Bose's laboratories in Calcutta. I was a newly married young man addicted to Gandhi's movement and Jason Khadi. Fortunately, even at the first meeting, His Divine Grace advised me to preach the Kauta Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in English in the Western countries. Because at that time, I was a complete nationalist, a follower of Mahatma Gandhi, I submitted to His Divine Grace that unless our country were freed from foreign subjugation, no one would hear the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu series. Of course, we had some argument on the subject, but at last I was defeated and convinced that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's message is the only panacea for suffering humanity. I was also convinced that the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was then in the hands of a very expert devotee and that surely the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would spread all over the world. I could not, however, immediately take up his instructions to preach. But I took his words very seriously and was always thinking of how to execute his order, although I was quite unfit to do so. In this way I passed my life as a host, householder until 1950, when I retired from family life as a Vanatash. With no companion, I loitered here and there until 1958 when I took sannyas. Then I was completely ready to discharge the order of my spiritual master. Previously, in 1936, just before His Divine Grace, passed away at Jagannath Puri. I wrote him a letter asking what I could do to serve him. This is wrong. The Divine Grace did not pursue it, then pursue it But I think there is a grammatical mistake. It should be, previously in 1936, 
comma, just before His Divine Grace passed away, comma, at Jagannath Puri, I wrote him a letter asking what I could do to serve him. In reply, he wrote me a letter. In reply, he wrote me a letter dated 13th of December 1936, ordering me in the same way to preach in English the cult of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as I had heard from him. After he passed away, I started a fortnightly magazine, Back to Godhead, sometime in 1944, and tried to spread the cult of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through this magazine. After I took sannyas, a well-wishing friend suggested that I write books instead of magazines. Magazines, he said, might be thrown away, but books remain perpetually. Then I attempted to write Srimad Bhagavatam. Before that, when I was a householder, I had written on Srimad Bhagavad Gita and had completed about 1100 pages, but somehow or other, the manuscript was stolen. In any case, when I published Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, in three volumes in India, I thought of going to the USA, by the mercy of His Divine Grace, I was able to come to New York on September the 17th, 1965. Since then I have translated many books, including Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Teachings of Lord Chaitanya, a summary, and many others. In the meantime, I was induced to translate Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita and publish it in an elaborate version in his leisure, later, in his leisure time in later life, his divine grace, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur, would simply read Chaitanya Charitamrita. It was his favorite book. He used to say that it would be a time when foreigners would learn the Bengali language to read Chaitanya Charitamrita. The work on this, trans- on this translation began about 18 months ago. Now, by the grace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his divine grace, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur, it is finished. In this connection, I have to thank my American disciples, especially Sriman Pradyumnadas Adhikari, Sriman Nitai Das Adhikari, Sriman Jadwaita Das Brahmachari, and many other boys and girls who are sincerely helping me in writing, editing, and publishing all these literatures. I think that His Divine Grace Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur is always seeing my activities and guiding me within my heart by His words. As it is said in Srimad Bhagavatam, Tene Brahma Rida Yaadi Kavaye. Spiritual inspiration comes from within the heart, wherein the Supreme Personality of God and His Paramatma teacher is always sitting with all His devotees and associates. It is to be admitted that whatever translation work I have done is through the inspiration of my spiritual master because personally I do not think myself a very learned scholar, but I have full faith in the service of my spiritual master, His Divine Grace, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur. If there is any credit to my activities of translating, it is all due to His Divine Grace. Certainly, if His Divine Grace were physically present at this time, it would have been a great occasion for jubilation. But even though He is not physically present, I am confident that He is very pleased by this work of translation. He was very fond of seeing many books published to spread the Krishna consciousness movement. Therefore, our society, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, was formed to execute the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and His Divine Grace, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur. It is my wish that the bodies of Lord Chaitanya all over the world enjoy this translation and I am glad to express my gratitude to the learned men in the Western countries who are so pleased with my work that they are ordering in advance all my books that will be published in the future. 
On this occasion, therefore, I request my disciples who are determined to help me in this work to continue their cooperation fully, so that philosophers, scholars, religionists, and people in general over the world will benefit by reading our transcendental literature, Shrima Bhagavan and Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. That end the Bhaktivedanta purpose to Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, dated November the 10th, 1974, at the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, Hare Krishna Land, Juhu Bombay. Vibration in Srila Prabhupada's words. Which has a, an effect on the listener. The vibration of his surrender to the instruction of his spiritual master and the vibration of his dedication to carrying out that instruction. Of course, in Sanskrit it's described as prema. In English there's a word which is close to that, which is love. And love has many other meanings, but in this context, prema is transcendental love. Transcendental loving devotion. So, words are not actually adequate to express. When we hear, however, Srila Prabhupada's words, the vibration which can be felt in the heart. That is something which is uh, beyond time and space, and which non-devotees would not be able to perceive. They are not adequately tuned in. They may be able to experience something, but the more that we advance Krishna consciousness, the more sublime and profound because are, are the realizations of the Krishna consciousness movement. In this way we should train ourselves to go deeper and deeper into the process of Krishna consciousness very fervently engaging in our service, enthusiastically uh, attending all of the spiritual programs, very seriously chanting Hare Krishna the required number of times and very cautiously avoiding any stumbles and mishaps in terms of avoiding the association of Maya, especially breaking any regular principles. These are essential and they allow us to go deeper and deeper and deeper into devotional service. 
without any uh, disruption. So, of course, Srila Prabhupada showed, even gave a brief light sketch how right from the very beginning it was uh, the order of Bhakti Siddhanta, not the only time, but the first, the middle, and the end, it was the order of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur to Srila Prabhupada to preach this message in English-speaking countries, specifically in the Western countries. And so he took up that instruction. And by picking up that instruction, We're here today. We owe our spiritual birth, our spiritual association, otherwise we'd be somewhere <clears throat> possibly founding in the material world or maybe it's the Mayavadi Ashram or something. Still looking. So this was Krishna's mercy and Prabhakti Siddhanta's mercy upon us that he further sent Prabhupada and Prabhupada is living with us and he's living in his followers, he's living in his books. So we have to take up now this uh, saying. This is Srila Prabhupada after the departure of Bhakti Siddhanta. He took up the order of Bhakti Siddhanta inside of risk of life. Siddha Prabhupada would recognize when somebody took a risk, when they did something beyond the call of normal duty or something. If somebody went somewhere or took some incredible risk, developed something, even though it was very difficult, then Prabhupada would recognize that. Sometimes he would reward that with some official service or responsibility in that area. <clears throat> Prabhupada used to be, because all oh, just as Bhakti Siddhanta says we conquer in Krishna, we can see that because Prabhupada took that risk for them, well he was rewarded with the with the uh, mercy of being able to establish Krishna consciousness all over the world. Therefore, we should recognize Srila Prabhupada as the Acharya for the entire Sampradaya of this contemporary age. So, Prabhupada is the example that sometimes, because you see that sometimes an envious person might say, well, anyone could have done that. It was just a question whoever went first, actually, the people in the West were. Dying for spiritual life, you see. But this is, you know, this is like sometimes someone in India might get this type of an idea. Of course, the people in the West are not exactly losing sleep over spiritual life. <coughs> Somebody who preaches here can see that uh, it's very difficult to convince someone that they're not the body. And it's a society which every radio show, every television show, every billboard, magazine, person, is consistently reminding you that you're the body and the goal of life is to gratify your senses to the hills. There are people who are looking for spiritual life 
But it's a, it definitely requires the mercy of Krishna in order to reach those people and to enable to purify them of their misconceptions. So, the example was given uh, that uh, when Columbus found America, then uh, when he left, you see, everyone said, you're going to fall off the edge of the world, it's very dangerous, you don't know what you're doing. And he went, and then he hit America, then it's, well, it's a continent. You had to hit it if you just went west. Anybody could have gone there, would have hit America, sooner or later. So what's the big deal? So then apparently uh, Columbus, uh, he had an egg and he said, all right, which of the two of you can stand the egg on its end? And they all turned it down. Nobody <laughs> could do it on the big table, on the king. And they said, all right, so then, he said, no one can it wrong. All right, then you do it. So they took the egg and crushed in one end, <laughs> smashed a little bit and set it up on its end. Oh, you're cheating. Anyone could do that. Yes, well, I did it. <laughs> so this is the thing, is that sometimes people tend to say, well, anyone could have done it, but there's always a person who does it. And that's not an ordinary thing. That's something extraordinary. So anyway, Prabhupada is not only an extraordinary person, but he's a transcendental person. And he's given that transcendental mercy to us. There are so many new pioneers, so many new frontiers of Krishna consciousness which are yet to be explored, which are yet to be established, which he has already given instructions, just like he has written a letter. When he was in Hyderabad, and we got the Hyderabad farm given to us, he wrote a letter to, I believe it was to Balavanta Prabhu, about the Marari Seva project, and also in the same letter he did mention New Talavon. Asking that they develop uh, Rai Seva along that type of village line, which he was at that time thoroughly absorbed in in the, in the Mayapur, excuse me, in the Hyderabad uh, project. Prabhupada has uh, told us to all cooperate together to fulfill his. Uh, to fulfill his instructions for establishing Varnashram all over the world, distributing books, building Mayapur, so many different things, spreading Krishna consciousness. So, this was his biggest request, is that he wanted his disciples and followers to cooperate with each other for realizing his vision of the Krishna consciousness world and the people who are saved from the Krishna to the material world and sent back to the eternal Krishna conscious world in the spiritual sky. Jai Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai Sanita Mita Ki Jai Sanitai Gura Chanda Ki Jai Kamuhanya Ki Jai Sangaveta Bhakti Brinda Ki Jai Bhakti Mani Jai